New Life Manager Springs. Oh, come on. Is anybody out there? Good morning. New Life now. Okay, there you are. It's a good crowd. I'm just making sure you're here, making sure you're awake. I got some really good news for you this morning. I know some of you need to hear some really good news. This morning, the sermon is going to be about the Antichrist. <laughs> I made that joke on my boo. I got some booze. It's in the text. We're looking at the Bible. But I made that same joke on Mother's Day and people, were, people didn't even know what to do. They were just like, really? Mother's Day? I was kidding then, but we really are. Today, we are in the text of scripture that we're going to talk about the Antichrist. And here's the deal. We're going to spend a little time talking about the Antichrist, but the truly good news is that we're going to talk about Jesus the true Christ. The title of today's sermon is, is quite simply, Jesus is the Christ. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. amen. So we're, we're going to look at this uh, passage of scripture. Uh, before we jump into that, uh, just a shout out. Uh, they're watching online, so I'm looking at the camera. But uh, many of you know, uh, gosh, it was months ago, we had Dina Flanagan. Do you know Dina? She usually sits over there. Uh, she came up here and she had been diagnosed with cancer. And so we took anointing oil and we anointed her head with oil. And there was a moment where you were all stretching out your hands towards Dina. And I said, Dina, open up your eyes. Look at this congregation. We're all praying for you and we're with you in prayer. And it's great news to tell you. She, she's not watch, She's watching today, not here in person, but she has just been, she, she got to ring the cancer-free bell just uh, a little while ago. So we praise the Lord for that testimony in our church. And this morning, would you, if you have a Bible, would you open it to the book of 1 John, not to be confused with the gospel of John. We're working our way through a series. We're going to spend all summer through the book of 1 John. We're just now getting through chapter 2, and so we'll read the very end of chapter 2. And here's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping um, that I could show you the Word of God today in a way that maybe some of you have a memory of being like a little kid and the teacher reads you a book and holds it open and everybody looks at the page. And I remember those moments as a kid being intrigued and brought into a story. In that case, it was just a fictional fun kid story. But in this case, that, that same kind of wonder, I pray, will be here today as we open up our hearts to the word of God. And, and, and I just get to be the one who shows us what's going on and what the word of God has to teach us today. Amen? All right, would you stand with me? We're going to read 1 John chapter 2, verse 18, and it says this. He calls us, he calls the listeners, dear children, this is the last hour. As you have heard, the Antichrist is coming. Even now many, do you see what this says? Antichrist, there's, there's not just one, but many have come. And this is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they did belong to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed us that none of them belonged to us. But you, everyone say, me. me. You have an anointing. Everyone say anointing. anointing. From, listen to who it's from. You have anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Verse 22, he, he gets back to this Antichrist person or persons. Who is the liar? It is whoever 
denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. As for you, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. And if it does, you will also remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised us, eternal life. Verse 26, I'm writing you these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you receive from him, everyone say anointing. There it is again. As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Christ, you are in our midst. God, we pray to you now, the creator of all, the earth, the moon, the sun, the stars, the rivers, the oceans. Lord, you created it all, and Lord, you came down to be with us. You entered into our world, and Lord, we praise you. We thank you. We we see that in this text it says that we have an anointing to follow you, the anointed one. So that's our prayer this morning, Lord. Open our hearts, open our minds to receive your word. We pray this in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and all God's people shouted, amen. Amen. All right, you may be seated. Let me tell you a story, and I'm gonna start with like the good part of the story, and then I'll explain how I got there. I found that this is a good way to tell stories sometimes. So here I was, 1999. Anybody remember the 90s? I remember those days. 1999, I uh, was in college. I was at a PetSmart And I was uh, with some friends holding a sign that said, microchips are the Antichrist. And I'm embarrassed of that. And that's really weird. If you're like, is this normal? No, that's not normal. That's weird. And I'll tell you how I got there. Are you interested in the story? Okay, so, so once again, the year was... When was Y2K? That year, like that year, yep, yep. And so there was a lot of hysteria and, and my friends were into that hysteria and I was like, well, there's uh, friends into that. I guess I'm into that too. And the church that I went to really, really wasn't in that. And I remember like some older, wiser people being like, you guys need to, you guys need to lighten up. You guys are getting kind of off. But we didn't listen to that. We were kids. We were in college. We, we, we knew the right answer. We were passionate about it. And also around that time, this is 1999, uh, I was also really into a book series. And if you were a Christian in the late 90s, you probably knew about a book series about the end times. And it took end times uh, prophecies. You looked at the book of Revelation and it's one form of interpretation where you're kind of picking codes and little things and like, oh, this says this in Revelation. Could it mean this? And, and could this be this for our modern times? And we were always kind of looking for codes and it was the Y2K going into that. And so we were fascinated by all that. Uh, The name of the series is, of course, 
Left Behind series. No one said that excitingly. Everyone's like, yeah, the Left, yeah, we know. Hey, I got into it. Some, I know some of you got into it because they sold millions, so don't, don't pretend like you didn't read them. Uh, but they were entertaining. Uh, there, there, was a, there was an Antichrist character in the book. My wife read some of the books because she had a brother named Nick. And uh, the name of the, here's a little trivia for you. What is the name of the Antichrist in the fictional books left behind? Nikolai, do you know his last name? Wow, you all knew it. Great, good job, class, for paying attention to the fictional books of the Left Behind. But my wife used to call her brother Nikolai when she was mad at him. So <laughs> it, was, it was a big deal in the 90s. In fact, uh, I, I'm kind of excited to show you this picture, but I, you're probably gonna judge me later. I, by, by 2002, when this, you remember the, the movies? Uh, do you remember the, the main actor in the movies? Kirk Cameron, the second movie came out and, and I got to, to meet him at one of the premieres and I thought that was really cool. I was like, hey, star. I was like, star, star struck. I was like, hey, can we get a picture? He's like, yeah, and that's his face, yeah. And so anyways, get that off of there. That's enough <laughs> embarrassment. Anyways, uh, here, I'll say this, um, just kind of as a, as a preface, you're like, where is he going with all this? I think that form of interpre- interpreting the book of Revelation in, in times and looking for the codes and like, ooh, this could be the UPC symbols. This could be a, the microchip. This could be a helicopter. I think that's, um, how do I say this nicely? And, and I, I just think it's, it, it's maybe distracting from the, the message of Jesus and it gets quickly into conspiracy theories and I gotta be honest, it's fun. Like I read the Left Behind series, but it was fictional fun. And I know that I'm like cracking open a can of worms right now because a lot of people have different opinions on the end times. But I, as a teacher of the word of God, and we did do a sermon series on the, on, uh, the book of Revelation uh, about three years ago. And, and we again and again taught, well, let's look at the context. Let's look at how the, uh, the author was writing to an audience. How would they have interpreted? That's good, like Bible study stuff for any book of the Bible. So all of that to say, here I was, young man, 1999, impressionable. My friends and I truly thought that like Revelation 13 talks about the mark of the beast and people take the mark of the beast on their forehead or hand. And we were convinced uh, that that mark of the beast was going to be a microchip implanted in our hands and foreheads. And we very quickly extrapolated that, well, if they're, if they're microchipping dogs then they're gonna start microchipping us. And so we, we gotta tell people, we gotta get the word out that the, the whole world's ending and the dogs are getting microchipped, the humans are getting microchipped, everybody's gonna die, we gotta get the word out. So we went to the PetSmart and we held little signs that said, microchips are the Antichrist, microchips are the Antichrist, <laughs> microchips. And looking back, like that's embarrassing. And I remember at the time, even knowing it, like having conversations with people, trying to explain, like, like, what are you guys doing? And we're like, we're trying to explain. And they're like, you guys are Christians? And we're like, yeah, we're Christians. And you guys all believe this? And we're like, yeah, we all believe. We're all micro, you're all against microchips. And looking back, I was like, man, I think we really did a good job of distracting people from Jesus as Lord. 
I guess we did a bad job at doing that work of distracting people. Are you with me in this story? I know I'm, I'm touching on some things about the end times, and I know some people have very uh, serious opinions about the end times. But what I'm trying to do here with this message is to quickly talk about the Antichrist and get us back to the main picture of Jesus as Lord. So the first point, that's all just introductory material. If you're taking notes, point number one is this. The Antichrist... Quite simply, John is going to tell us what he does. An antichrist is a person or a teaching that denies that Jesus is the Christ. Makes sense, right? Antichrist, someone who denies that Jesus is the Christ. And I think we've, uh, maybe in our heads, why we thought it was funny that I said, good news, we're talking about the antichrist today and people booed. And there's all these ideas of this like one world leader and uh, a boogeyman type of person who is the Antichrist. And maybe some of you are, are under the impression, like probably I was in the 90s, that there's like hundreds of verses in the Bible about the Antichrist. And if you look in here, oh, there's so much to say about the Antichrist. And do you know how many verses there are in the whole Bible that contain the word Antichrist? Four, that's it. And we just read three of them, no, two of them. There's another one later in the book of 1 John, and then there's another one in 2 John, but that's it. There's four verses that contain the word Antichrist. And I think a lot of us have like this image, and maybe it's some of the fiction of Left Behind, and, and I'm not just picking on Left Behind. That was the whole, that was a, 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 just like a genre of interpreting Revelation like that, that, that I think it, it, expounds upon the ideas of a boogeyman, antichrist, and, and all these things. And what I'm saying is, John is saying that anyone who denies Jesus is like an antichrist. That teaching in the church is an anti or against Christ teaching that we need to get far from. 1 John 2.18 says simply this, dear children, this is the last hour, as you've heard the antichrist is coming. Now, many Antichrists have come. The Antichrist theology is, um, I'm trying to think like every U.S. president, no matter who they are, is oftentimes considered the Antichrist. Whatever world leader people don't like, they put on the label Antichrist. Think about it. Like, well, like think through the history of the last couple of years. Some of you have been alive long enough to know a couple presidents. Like every one of them has probably been accused of being the Antichrist. Maybe the pinnacle. I remember this ten years ago. A uh, little pop quiz: Who was president ten years ago? Starts with a B. Barack Obama. Bush was a close answer. I should have been more specific. Barack Obama uh, was the president, and there was this poll that went out that Americans, so not just Christians, but Americans, said that 13% of Americans said Barack Obama is the Antichrist, we're sure. And another 13% said he may be the Antichrist. And, and so that means 13 plus 13 is 26. So this article came out that said one-fourth of Americans believe, because this poll, it was a legit poll, believe that Barack Obama could very well be the Antichrist. And what I think that's a picture of is just people, they didn't like him. So they slapped the label, oh, he's the Antichrist. Another person that people often think is the Antichrist, mother-in-laws. 
<laughs> now, I have a great mother-in-law. In fact, she very well might be watching right now, and I'll probably get a text later saying I'm not the Antichrist, and I'll say, I know, no, not you. Other mother-in-laws, you're the best mother-in-law. But I think that, that idea of a boogeyman and just slapping this title Antichrist onto people is more about, like, you just don't like them. And so you slap that label because John is really specific as to who the Antichrist is. It's anyone who teaches that Jesus isn't the Christ. Here's what he says, 1 John chapter 2, verse 22. He's, he's explaining it. Who's the liar here? Who's the Antichrist? It's this. It's whoever denies, whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son, the one who denies the Son, uh, the, the one who denies the son has the father. Whoever acknowledges the son has the father also. I wanna say this. Point number two is Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the Christ. That's point two, and it is the title of this sermon. Do you know what the word Christ means? It means anointed. Do you know what the word Messiah means? Anointed. So this Greek word, Christos, means anointed. The Hebrew word, Messiah, means anointed. Same word, different language. And so when we say Jesus is the Christ, we're saying he's the anointed one. He's the blessed one. He is Lord. He's the, he is the one. He is Christ. And um, you know, I think about this idea of anointing. People anoint with oil, Right? And oil in our society is just, I don't, I don't know, it is what it is. But in the ancient world, they didn't have the lotions, the balms, the conditioning shampoos, all the, you know, the, the facial creams and makeups and all these things. What they had was oil. That's all they had. And so this symbol of oil and using and kneading oil and even cooking with oil, taking that oil, this costly thing, and pouring it on someone's head. That's the image of like when David gets crowned or anointed king. They're putting oil on his head and how good and pleasant it is. And it's this image of that's the blessing. That's the, just the things, that the most costly thing being poured on your head and it's good for your skin. It's good for your body and it's being poured on you. That's the blessing. And this is saying, that's actually in you. That is in you. The blessing, the anointing is in you that we might be anointed to worship the anointed one. Let me say that again. We are anointed to worship the anointed one. One more time. We're anointed to worship the anointed one. Here's what I want to do. We've kind of been joking around. My fault, I joke around sometimes uh, about the Antichrist and getting into details. Let me reread this passage with the knowledge that you have an anointing to worship the anointed one, to follow the anointed one. And the anointed one, is that word is Christ. So you have this anointing to believe that Jesus is the anointed one. Listen to this. I'm gonna read it in the message translation and you can just be seated some of you might want to close your eyes. I want you to receive this being read over you. You belong. The Holy One anointed you, and you all know it. I haven't been writing this to tell you something you don't know, but to confirm the truth that you do know and to remind you that the truth doesn't breed lies. So who's lying here? 
It's the person who denies that Jesus is the divine Christ. That's who. This is what makes an antichrist. Denying the Father, denying the Son. No one who denies the Son has any part with the Father. But affirming the Son is an embrace of the Father as well. Stay with what you heard from the beginning. The original message. Let it sink into your life. If what you heard from the beginning lives deeply in you, you will live deeply in both son and father. This is exactly what Christ promised. Eternal life, real life. Did you hear that? Like, did you hear that you've been anointed? You belong. You've been anointed to worship and to follow the anointed one. I think one of the whole premises of this book of 1 John being written, as we, if you've been with us through this series, we say that there was probably an issue going on at the church where John was writing, where some people were in that church denying that Jesus was the Christ. Can you imagine a church where they deny Jesus as the Christ? If you find yourself in a church where they're denying that Jesus is the Christ, we would say, well, that's not a church. You, you need to break away. And that's exactly what happened in this first century. There was a people in the church that were denying that Jesus was the Christ and they left. And John says, well, they left because they were really never a part of us. If they were a part of us, they wouldn't have left. And they would have also proclaimed that Jesus is the Christ. There's good reasons to, to leave a church if that's, if that's the case. If a church is teaching, well, Jesus isn't Lord, Jesus isn't Christ, that would be a good reason. There's really bad reasons to leave churches. People leave all the time. I think a lot of times it's people run into conflict with each other. We get into community. We live lives deeply with each other and there's some sort of conflict and it's painful. Instead of dealing with that pain and, and, and talking and having good communication, someone will just leave the church and I'm proud of, of our congregation. It's small enough to know each other and to know each other's issues and things. And I've seen over the years people working through things and people leaning into life and leading into community. That's a really good thing. Um, it's not a good reason to leave a church for, I, I could think of a lot of times people just leave because uh, like some political issue is happening and oh, the pastor didn't mention it, so he must be this or that and they leave that church. Or if there's, uh, you know, sometimes people leave just on the basis of like really silly decisions. The church will make a decision about uh, say the color of a carpet. And this happened at New Life. I've heard the legends of the teal carpet at New Life North. Can anybody test I know Doc, Lance was there. Anybody else remember the teal? You'd have to be in the, at New Life North in the 90s. There was teal carpet. And I taught, was asking Lance about this, and he corrected me and said, no, 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 it wasn't teal. It was sea foam. <laughs> and in all honesty, it was hideous. And people saw it, and some people didn't like it. And guess what they did? They left. It's like, guys, we're the body of Christ. We don't leave for those reasons. That's kind of a rabbit trail here to say that John is talking about a church split that needed to happen. There were people in the church that did not believe that Jesus was God. They were denying Jesus as the Christ. And there's ways that, that people do that. I think in this context, I think there was honestly people who were straight up denying, not believing that Jesus was the anointed one. Surely we could deny Jesus by believing he was uh, God and then maybe not believing a, a certain teaching that we just don't want to 
you know, we're like, oh, well, I, I believe Jesus so far, but I don't like his teaching on this, so I'm going to disagree. Well, that would be a way of denying Jesus and who he was and what he taught fully. I think there's also many of us would say, and this is, this is hard to say, but I think a lot of us would say we believe in Jesus and some of us, all of us at times, deny him with our actions. Like we, we go out and we make mistakes and What's amazing about the grace of Jesus is that he welcomes us back. What's amazing about this service every Sunday is we receive communion together. We come up, we receive the bread, we receive the cup, and we say, Jesus, we need you inside of us because if you're not inside of us, our lives are haywire. We need you inside of us. We need your grace inside of us to live according to what we believe, that you are Jesus, you are the Christ. I have this last point to give you, and it goes back to this anointing idea. The third point is this, the anointing teaches you. So we got, we got off on a tangent about the Antichrist, but really, if, if you look at this passage, it says the word Christ a lot. Some of that context is anti or against Christ. There are people and teachers who are teaching against Christ, but again and again, it says Jesus is the Christ. He's using this word Christos again and again and again. And then we know, did you remember what the word Christ means? It means anointed. And then he gets into this idea that we're anointed. It's like we're anointed to follow the anointed one. And I said that a couple times. That's the, we're anointed to follow the anointed one. So once again, if you've been with us through this series, you know that John uses these circular, repetitive arguments to make a point. Because back in his day, he didn't have exclamation points, emojis, all caps. He didn't have those, so he wrote on papyrus. And if he wanted to get someone's attention, if he really wanted to nail a point home, what did he have to do? Well, he had to use repetition. I mean, he didn't, I think about like how a teenager texts. Some of you may be teenagers. It looks something like, oh my gosh, exclamation point. Did you see her hair? Oh my gosh, exclamation points. I can't believe Dan said she had a nice haircut. It was ridiculous. OMG, exclamation points. John didn't have that available to him, emojis and exclamation points. What he had was repetition. And he's a master at using repetition to show us something in the word of God here that he wants us to know that Jesus is the anointed one and he has anointed us to believe in him and to walk with him. Can someone say amen to that? Here's what John says. I'll reread this. I realize I'm reading the scripture a lot today and I hope that's a good thing. I hope it washes over you. Listen to what he has to say. John chapter two, verse 20. But you have an anointing from the Holy One and all of you know the truth. Skipping to verse 26. I'm writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you. And you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as he taught you, remain in him. 
You know, it seems odd to the world around us that uh, we believe in Jesus. And I wonder if some of that is truly an anointing that's inside of us, a special gift to believe and to follow, that we follow him and we receive his grace and it's a, it's a spiritual thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's a, it's a mysterious thing where we, we just know that we know and, and we, we know he's the savior and we've seen him in the lives of people around us. We've seen the word of God come alive to us and we follow him and we put all our chips on Jesus, so to speak. We put all of our faith in him. And although there are people everywhere in this world denying that Jesus even ever existed, denying that he is the Christ, the Lord, denying that he is who he said he was, there is us. There is a group of believers, a large group of believers, that has an anointing, it says here, a promised gift that we might believe in him and follow him. And that's a gift of God. Would you stand with me this morning? I'm gonna invite the band to come forward and sing just one more song. I'm gonna invite the communion servers as well to come forward. And I'll present to you and tell you how we uh, do and receive communion because I see some new faces that we uh, open a table because Jesus opens a table for us. This is uh, what we do each week, a, a mystery. We come forward, we're gonna walk forward towards the aisle and everyone is invited. If you believe in Jesus, if you have made him your savior, you come forward, you receive this, this gift, this anointing that he's giving to you. We, we come forward. If you're not able to come forward, ask someone around you that they'll give you an element, they'll bring one back for you. But we're gonna come forward as we walk down, we're gonna look at the cross. And it's a journey, a very small journey in this room, but a journey of faith to stand, to come forward, to receive, to hold out our hands that the communion servers are gonna say the body and blood for you. And you're gonna take it, you receive it. Go back to your seat, hold it in your hand, and just wait. We're gonna receive together. This is the body of Christ for the body of Christ. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Let's come forward, let's receive.